Assalamu alaikum everyone, you're listening to Isn't Mo Muslim Doe with Ziyad Adaboy. Today in the studio I have Aya and Sara with me. Assalamu alaikum this is Sara, super excited to be here. Assalamu alaikum, excited to be here as well. Jazakallah khair guys. Um, so before we get started into who's M2R, we'll start with our initial question. What is your weirdest, most bizarre, funniest encounter with a non-Muslim? Whichever one of you want to answer first. Okay, so by far the most bizarre thing bizarre encounter to ever happen to me was uh, a few months ago I had a job a part-time job at the hospital which kind of required uh, us to round with the doctors so you know we're basically just uh, going around with the doctors they're making their medicine recommendations whatever and in between we're like picking up side conversations and there's a point where one of the pharmacists and the nurses were talking about something about the Middle East. They were like, I don't know, I heard the word Syria a few times mm-hmm. and I wanted to kind of like pick up conversation with them. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm from Syria. And then the pharmacist turns to me and he's like, oh, you're from Syria and I'm from Greece where all your people are coming. Oh my God. And I was like, I cannot believe somebody just said that to me. <laughs> my face fell and I was just like completely silent and everybody else was just cringing at like, I don't know, like their secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, like, what did, what did he expect you to say? Yeah, like, I don't yeah. know. It was like, <laughs> it was, and it was just sad because I mean, somebody who is seemingly so educated mm-hmm. does research. He's like a cardiac pharmacist, whatever, and he could just say something like that outright to me, and I was like, okay, like, I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you, and he kind of like tried to pick up the conversation, like he tried to like mitigate the awkwardness he's like yeah so you know it's so sad what's happening there do you have family there what i'm like i'm done with you like this is i cannot believe you could say something like that yeah because like, you terrible. can you can tell when someone's like you know he, if he was like oh i'm from like i'm from greece and, you know it's like oh a lot of the syrian refugees are coming over you know it's that what's happening you mm-hmm. can tell when someone's saying that and someone's like oh all of your people are coming over yeah like sorry my diaspora is like a nuisance to your country like how yeah. not meet someone one-on-one? Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. And I s- continued interacting with him after, but, like, I was, like, I'm, I can never look at you the same. It's just so interesting. Because even before that, like, he was super kind and friendly and whatever. But, I don't know, it's, like, think before you speak, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Politics in the workplace has always been something, I think, as Muslims, we have to be careful about. But I remember one time I was interning for a company back in, like, 2014. And I was sent out to the field, like they sent me to another city to experience like the field work um, because I'm in civil engineering. And while I was there, you know, with civil engineering, it's I think the engineering that has the most, I would say, um, conservatives in it because it's very closely aligned with construction. And construction is very much like I would say a field with a lot more conservatives than liberals. Um, But while I was there, we went out to lunch and one of the guys wanted to talk about Palestine and Israel. And, like, I was like, all right. At the time, I was, like, a junior in college. I mean, I knew about, like, Palestine Israel, but it's not like I had a lot of, like, you know, information right at the tip of my hands. I didn't want to get into, like, this discussion with this guy who, from when he started talking, I was like, man, did you just listen to Fox News? Because this was around, I think, like, there was a um, – Israel was, like, bombing Palestine during this time, during the summer of 2014. Mm-hmm. So he was, like, talking about that and, like, what my opinions on it were. So, you know, I just tried as much as I could during lunch, like a work lunch. Like, it's just a bunch of coworkers there. I was like, sure, I'll be the only brown person on this table of white people to talk about Palestine and their rights. Um, just don't fire me. <laughs> but it was like, it was at the same time, I was like, I knew I was an intern. Like, hopefully, it turned out to be really well because the guy, even though he didn't really agree with what I was saying, and I could tell he was very pro-Israel, and, like, he was just getting a lot of his news from that side, 
um, he actually engaged in like a discussion with me, right? He like talked to me about it and like where he was coming from. Um, and I was able to tell him a lot of stuff and I hopefully changed his mind, but you know, it wasn't like I got him mad or anything or mm -hmm. angry. Um, so that was good, but I think you're right. It's whenever you're in a position where it's not easy, where you have stuff at stake, that's when it's like, are you really going to speak up or are you going to just be like, you know what, let me save it for another time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's risky even when, I mean, for example, if you're in that interview season for grad school and stuff like that and they ask you about your opinions on different things, like for example, um, for my grad school interviews, uh, my personal statement was about Syria, so mm. every single uh, interview was like, all right, so tell me about the Syrian, the Syrian revolution, whatever, and I'm like, all right, so dating back to the Ottoman <laughs> Empire, and I just go on this whole rant, and I mean, people that are, you know, genuinely interested, uh, they will actually, you know, entertain everything that you have to say, and they'll, you know, want to hear your perspective, especially given that, you know, you, um, if you got through, if you got through interview season, I mean, they obviously respect you enough and, and they're willing to listen. Uh, so that usually ends up being half of like the interview material. So, yeah. <laughs> it definitely makes a difference too. Like I would, I mean, cause there's always that moment of hesitation. Like, should I say anything? Mm -hmm. Or should I just be chill? Like what you just said, like, should yeah. I just let it go? But I honestly think like it makes a huge difference because you you kind of like shake up the, the new, like, like the mode of thinking mm -hmm. for that person mm -hmm. when you, um, and I know I said I wouldn't say this story, but <laughs> I do want to say it because yeah. it's relevant in the sense uh, on the topic of Palestine, on topic of like, am I making a difference by speaking out? Is um, <clears throat> one time when I was an undergrad, I was taking a um, international studies course, and what we did is we were studying like different countries that were in conflict or that were just coming out of a revolution, like just zones like that. Yeah. And so one of the countries um, it was like Iran and Turkey, and then one of them was Palestine. Mm -hmm. Actually, Israel. It's <laughs> actually Palestine. Uh, and what happened is this professor, this professor, I love her. She was amazing. And she, but she had this, like, uh, like most academ academics, like, she had this obsession with, like, being fair and balanced, mm. where it often led to giving platforms to people who shouldn't have some, in my opinion. Um, and so she brought in a former IDF soldier. Oh, wow. Which was, like, a very, Yikes. like, intense move. And it was, like, I, I didn't expect it from her. Um, what? <clears throat> Would that be, though, any Israeli citizen? Aren't they all, like, IDF soldiers? Yeah. Yes, actually. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, anytime. Some, but, she, like, she brought in someone specifically because, like, this person, like, IDF um, soldier. He was also, like, in a in a film. That's why she also brought him uh, in. Okay. And it was, like, a coming-of-age Israeli thing. Um, <laughs> so that got me even more mad because I'm like, okay, why why don't you do a coming-of-age film about, like, a Palestinian <laughs> living under occupation? Fair and balanced. <laughs> yeah, fair and balanced. But anyways, I was really close with this, pro this professor, so I was shocked when he just walked in. She's like, today we have... And it wasn't in the curriculum. Like, she had changed uh, the okay. curriculum kind of up for this section because she knew... And the funniest thing about this class is, like, from the beginning, like, she was anticipating my reaction. <laughs> because, like, from the beginning, I would... Uh, I mean, I studied international studies in undergrad. Mm -hmm. um, so... Like, I came into these classes very ready. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, my opinions were always very clear. But anyways, the <coughs> point is, she brought this former IDF soldier in, and he was talking about his experiences in a way that was, like, completely erasing the fact that there's an occupation going on. Mm. Um, and he just said some things. So naturally, at the end of his talk, I raised my hand after, like, literally working up courage for half an hour. Because when you hear these things, especially when you're Arab, like... Um, and I'm not even Palestinian. I'm like half Lebanese, but that's. But I don't even think that's where like you know Lebanon has fought with Israel before. But that's not even my 
for me, it's like more as a Muslim and as a moral human being, where mm-hmm. it literally makes you like, like it shakes you. I don't know how to explain it. So it took a lot to like finally get to uh, compose myself enough to raise my hand and think of like you know a civilized way yeah. to engage with this person. <coughs> and my my motivation wasn't to confront him because I, to be quite frank, at that point I was like, okay, he's is really like I, there's only so much I can say to change his mind. But it was that there was all these students in the class who were literally going to probably go on to like diplomacy jobs and like you know in fields that require educate like being educated on this matter and no one has challenged this guy yet. So I was like, I have to do that. Anyway, it was a very intense, like, back and forth conversation. And I was, like, trying really hard to be calm. And to be honest, I, like, I think I succeeded in doing that. But this was a tactic used a lot by Zionists where they'd be like, oh, why are you getting angry? Mm. And he kept telling me that. Like, and I was like, and at that point, like, I wasn't even getting angry, but I was clearly emotional. Like, I remember I teared up and I was like, I'm not angry. This is just, this is something that, um, clearly has like affected my life and the lives of millions of Palestinians and Arabs and just has uh, like impacted the concept of justice in the world so don't question my emotions on the matter like I can't be unemotional yeah anyway. I think definitely mm-hmm. like for us it's always we have to be civil we have to be composed because oh, yeah. if we like step out of bounds it's like oh look at the angry Muslim uh-huh. look at the angry Arab look at the angry like you know Asian whereas they can be as emotional as they want because then oh, it's yes. like oh they're passionate about something mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and he straight up told me that he's like yeah this is this is why arab this is why you arabs can't come to a, like a can't um what's he say can't like oh this is why arabs aren't capable of peace like he was saying things that were actually wow. wild oh, wow. and the class was in shock and honestly no one stepped in and that's what was making me more angry like progressively because i was like the fact that none of my classmates who i've been in this class with for months are backing me up on this guy and he's like a man like he's an older man and i'm like for me, like as a woman, especially when I'm confronted with these situations, it gets me also mad because there's a sense of <clears throat> like I can't believe you as a older male are like can speak to me as a woman like this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway, I'm not getting emotional. My throat is <laughs> 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 I'm like crying behind the mic. No, no, we're just um, we're recording a very dry environment. Yeah. Hey, anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the story is almost done. The point is, um, uh, you know, it ended with him asking for my last name, as most conversations with Zionists end. Like, they usually ask you for your full name. And it's like a tactic of intimidation. Um, and I was like, I'm not giving you that. I don't need to give you that. And really? So like, is that something that's very common that they oh, do? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. My sister's like SJP president on her campus, and it's very normal. And they do that because they want to try to, like, register you or try to remind you that, like, like you know how they can like, register you or they can find you and oh, stuff? Oh, yeah. Like, just to let you know, like, oh, well, if you try, try to travel to Palestine, like, just letting you know we have your name. Point is... This was a success story because I had, okay, so I left that class like really shaken. Like I called my friend and I just started crying. Oh my God. And then, um, and I talked to my professor later, like a few days later, I went to her office and I was like, listen, I really want to talk to you about like the guest that you brought in. And, um, and she was like, yeah, I meant to apologize to you for that. Like I realized it was not a good idea, especially given that there are Arabs in the class, blah, blah, blah. Great. But then, and that to me was like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, thank you for apologizing, but also like maybe think about it. <laughs> anyway, she's like, from now on, like, I'm not going to bring in someone like that into mm-hmm. a class, like a classroom like this. And then she told me something that made me so happy. She's like, I, she's like, I wanted to let you know that I attended, um, she attended like another like lecture thing. It was like a film screening that he was doing in Chicago. And there was like a Q&A afterwards. And she went and it's, she attended. And um, she went up to him afterwards and they were just talking. And he's like, he told her, he's like, I just want to let you know um, like he kind of apologized for his behavior in the classroom and he was like this is like okay this made me so happy he said um talking to that girl made me realize that i need to be more responsible oh wow yeah and he's like i need to think things through more 
Because for him, he was in the IDF and like he's Israeli, so it was number one, it was an obligation for him, and number two, he was in the IDF not as like a quote soldier or anything, like he was just serving um, in a less like militant capacity, but he was defending their actions, and like our, the whole point of our conversation was saying that like still like you are responsible, like if you're taking if you're taking part in this in this system, like you are choosing to be complacent, mm-hmm. and so him telling her that like she's she's like I wanted to just let you know like. Yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, so, and this is and this is a person who I didn't think I was I wasn't planning on changing his mind. It was I was doing it more for the classmates, but because often some people just don't haven't thought these things through, and mm-hmm. they literally just defend themselves or the actions of others out of like not knowing what else to say. Um, so it works. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think it's you know it's not an excuse, but there's a definitely a strategy by the Israeli government that. One, they keep them in their bubble, and then they make them all serve, right, two years, oh, right, yeah. like at a very young age. So it's very easy for many of them to not think about anything else. It's like, oh, they grew up, you know, being told the other side is bad, and then they serve. And it's like they're put with that nationalistic pride, mm-hmm. um, and many don't know that they can, like, refuse to serve. I mean, they'll go to jail, but it's not for, I don't think, very long. It's not like you go to jail for, like, years or something, which I only found out recently because of Twitter. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, mm-hmm. but... There was, like, this Taylor Swift account. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was, like, a Taylor Swift fan account who was, like, hey, guys, I haven't been posting for a few months. Sorry, I was in jail. And someone was, like, why were you in jail? And she was, like, oh, I refused to join the IDF. <laughs> and it, like, blew up. Everyone oh, yeah. was, like, tweeting about it. Like, it was on BuzzFeed and yeah. Mashable. She was, like, yeah. She was so you know? casual. That was, like, the yeah. best part I about had, it. I saw that tweet, and I was, like, what is going on? Let <laughs> me just not... Let me just not bother with this right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, let's talk about intersection. Like, you know, it's like, look, intersection of Taylor Swift and idea. <laughs> it was very funny. I was it's like, impressive. Wow. And, you know, there's also something to be said about, especially in these academic settings, as a Muslim and especially as a Muslim woman, if you're wearing, especially if you're wearing hijab, is that you have the obligation to carry all the weight of everybody's comments mm-hmm. and you have to be the ambassador for your whole religion basically and you have to speak on what all these different factions mean and don't mean and you know debunking all these myths and it's like you're expected to be the person who has to say all these things and you're basically responsible for educating everybody else Mm -hmm. and you know that if you don't they're just gonna go on uh thinking whatever they think and you know because you you can't be complicit in those situations and it gets very very tiring and i have uh i carry a lot of those experiences uh because i was at school, I took a lot of uh, gender studies classes, and oh boy, those were <laughs> those were very interesting. Cause uh, so one of my classes was like a basic 100 level class, so it was kind of covering the basics of like feminist theory and mm-hmm. different, uh, basically in in different settings. So uh, like in um, like environment in the environment in um, like academic settings, whatever, and. Uh, it was a big lecture hall, and I mean, I am pretty like extroverted stuff anyway, so I'm gonna comment on every single thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it was interesting because uh, there was a lot of other Muslim women in the class that weren't really like saying anything. So I was basically like the ambassador for the whole Muslim Ummah in that class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anytime we would mention anything to do with patriarchy or like oppression, whatever, everybody's kind of turning around, like waiting. Oh, what is this like oppressed Muslim female <laughs> going to say? Like, what does she have to say about this thing, whatever? And I would, I mean. I'm just there to speak my mind, so whatever. So I'm kind of, you know, making my comments and everything like that. And I mean, because I am not saying things that are ignorant or oppressed or whatever, quote unquote, air quotes here. Um, and you know, I'm 
speaking for you know the justice of women, uh, which can surprise some people, considering you know they expect me to be like very suppressed and whatnot. Uh, everybody kind of turned around and be like, wow, like Muslim <laughs> women, like magic, like, you know, yes, that kind of thing. Yes, yeah, no, and, and it was it was really interesting how um, the Muslim woman identity in these kind of settings can be, dare I say, like fetishized almost, yeah. where everybody's kind of excited for you to like break boundaries and like mm -hmm. break stereotypes and be loud and speak your mind and be outspoken, whatever. And it's kind of like, well, you having that opinion about me just because I'm saying these things, what does that say about, you know, about Muslim women that aren't, you know, in school, Muslim mm -hmm. women that are that are housewives, Muslim women that are just doing what you like expect them to do, whatever. So it's very backhanded. Or even like a Muslim woman who's maybe in the same position as you, but she's not wearing a hijab at the time. Yeah. They wouldn't be looking to her to say the same things, right? They probably wouldn't even know. Like she would, they would just be like, oh yeah, you know, she's a Muslim girl, but oh, but the hijab is gonna say something. You know, she's the oppressed one. Let her say like something empowering. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah, I definitely think there's definitely a little fetishization because they're like, oh, you know, she's yeah. wearing the hijab and stuff. So it's just yeah. like. Exactly. What's going on, right? And it's like on the surface, it's kind of like empowering and supporting me, whatever. But the reality is that they're just so excited for me to be like breaking out of my shell that, you know, otherwise they would just be pitying me. You know what I mean? There's actually this one particular, this is super interesting because there's this one uh, particular guy that was in the, the class would usually be like majority like women and girls, whatever. But there's one guy who is sitting in front of me. And um, so every single time I would say something, I'd finish my comment, whatever. Everybody's like mumbling in agreement, disagreement. And he'd turn around and he'd be like, he'd just look at me. He and he was a theater. He was super dramatic. He was mm. literally dramatic. He's a theater major and he's super like interesting. I don't know, but basically, <laughs> he would like turn to me and he'd be like, "That was really awesome what you said. You're a bad bee, whatever, whatever." And he was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" He was like God. cussing at me in order to like empower me. And I'm like, oh "All right, thanks. Like whatever. <laughs> like just stop. To, like please. Like enough. Like I'm not. Language. This is like yeah. This is very uncomfortable." And he'd like. He'd like distract me in class, yeah. telling me like how much he supports me and like you're so awesome, you're like so empowered, whatever, like you go girl kind of mm -hmm. thing, like drop the mic, da da da. <laughs> and it was like actually becoming. This is the ironic part is that like this guy is like supporting me as a woman, speaking my mind by like consistently like talking to me. And he would start. Mm -hmm. There's a point where he'd start like following me out of class to like keep picking up conversation. He would like drop me. He knew my whole class schedule by the end of oh, the semester because. Wow he would uh, basically walk me out of class, walk me to my other classes, and I'm kind of just trying to do my thing and mm -hmm. go to class, whatever, and he'd keep, um, like, I don't know, getting super close and trying to talk to me and mm -hmm. support me, whatever, and I'm like, what kind of, this is a very interesting way for you as a man to be supporting me. You're just following me around. Like, what kind of, a, what kind of woman empowerment is that? Like, can you go back to this class and actually maybe study, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> study what you're doing? Yeah, so that was, uh, I don't know, it was, that was that was interesting. Um, I even um, I had another class that was more. Um, it was uh, gender in the Middle East, so a lot of the focus specifically was on studying Muslim women, mm -hmm. and it was a more small class. Um, people most most of the people there were like actual gender studies majors, whatever. So I kind of expect them to know a bit more. But the reality is that um, a lot of students that go into that are kind of just there to confirm their own narrative and their own stereotypes about what empowerment is and isn't, even though the reality is that, you know, empowerment is literally defined, like, arbitrarily by, you know, certain people that just want to shape it mm. to be what whatever they want it That's to be, great. you know, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. And a lot of them had super, like, orientalist perspectives, and a lot of even the, the books that we were reading were uh, portrayed Muslim women in, like, certain ways, but our professor was pretty educated because she was actually 
you know, anytime somebody would kind of comment and be like, yeah, the woman, like, the, the woman in this story is, like, whatever, she's in the hair, she's in the, harem. the harem, and she's, like, super oppressed, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and she'd, um, our professor would kind of, like, I guess, uh, you know, want everybody to think, like, a little bit more critically, and, like, why do you think that Muslim women are oppressed in this way and that way, and we'd actually get into mm-hmm. analyzing ayat of the Quran and stuff like that, and Again, I was, there were actually other Muslims in my class, but unfortunately, I was really the only one that, like, would dare to say anything, mm-hmm. and it did kind of make things, and well, one of them was a guy, and the other one was, um, I mean, she just wasn't as vocal, and again, it was just kind of this thing where instead of me just kind of getting to um, learn and stuff like that, like, I have to continue, I have to continue to advocate for myself mm-hmm. day after day, and um it's, it's difficult because, I mean, you kind of want to reach a point where you're like, I don't want to be so, re- I don't want to be responsible for the ignorance of every other person in the room. Like, why is that a burden to carry on my shoulders? And at the same time, you want to take an approach of, like, the reality is that these people are, these folks aren't going to change, and I have to, you know, I, I if I want to see change, I kind of have to mm-hmm. be proactive in that. And it's, it's kind of like a sad reality that, you know, you have to face, especially in an academic setting when, you know, people want to be, ignorant and they want to confirm you know what they believe in and then they kind of you you're kind of relied on to to you know speak on everybody even though you yourself mm-hmm. may not be educated on every single thing you know I'm not a scholar I'm not a historian yet I'm you know expected to kind of like brush up and you know debunk every single myth that people yeah. have yeah, yeah. no <laughs> I think that definitely works because it's like it's if you're within their paradigm, if you're confirming their biases, they're like, oh yeah, women empowerment, they're mm-hmm. like applauding you. But if you don't, you know, if you kind of like challenge what they're saying and stuff, there's not going to be as much support. They're going to be less about like, oh man, you know, go girl and stuff. They'll be more of like, eh, maybe not about that and stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of where like the title of this podcast came from. It's like for many of us who are a little bit maybe more visibly Muslim or like more practicing someone would come to us and be like, oh, you know, can you do this? Or like, oh, why don't you do this? And it's like, oh, when we try to explain the belief, they're like, oh, but, you know, Mo does that. Or like, you know, isn't Mo Muslim though, right? (laughs) So it's kind of that similar thing. It's like when you have to constantly explain and when you have to constantly, you know, then they bring examples of other Muslims who may not practice at the same level or practice differently. It's like, what do you want me to say? Do you want me to just be like, yeah, he's a terrible Muslim? Like, no, I mean, like, I'm trying to, like, you know, be supportive of all my Muslim brothers and sisters. So you're just like, I'm just talking about myself right now and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but yeah, it's like, unless you kind of confirm what they want to know, it's very much of a like, oh, you don't want, we don't want your opinion then, right? And this whole empowerment, like, hype thing, the whole, like, representation politics now, I I think it's great. Like, it's great that we have, we're pushing people to go into fields that, you know, like, that are otherwise, quote unquote, have not been tapped into, which of, is often a myth because, anyways. But the point is, like, the, it really it becomes, it's a setback at the end of the day, and it's literally a form of dehumanization mm-hmm. and because you you make Muslims one-dimensional in, in a sense where, like, you... So, when okay, so empowerment means, like, oh, like, you're lifting up a person and you're giving them a platform, but it's, like, that means that empowerment, like you were saying, only has one distinct look or distinct form and then in that sense you're not allowing for a complex image of a muslim and so you're making them out to be like a very one-dimensional thing um and it really is it's a setback because like you were saying it becomes this is like an ingrained psychology where you become constantly on the defense and constantly having to prove that you are like quote-unquote empowered and often we don't notice this and we think we are like 
we think we're like, oh, like speaking up for everyone and all this stuff, but I'm, what am I, okay, so I'm trying to say like, it's, it makes, so for example, like, as an example, like it means that you constantly have to have an opinion. It means that you constantly have to have facts to back you up. Like, what if in those situations we didn't know what our opinion was about? Like, what if we were still figuring out it's women in, in Islam as like individuals, mm. tr uh, you know, like uh, tackling our, our our identity and our faith? Or what if like we didn't have numbers or cool lines to shout back at racist remarks? Like, suddenly our empowerment depends completely on. Um, like feeding them with they the kind of language that is exciting to hear from Muslim women, yeah. um, and it really it's just exhausting, honestly. Like I remember I, when I was in high school, and we both went to an Islamic private school, so honestly we didn't. I personally didn't encounter a lot of these things until you know, unless I was going out into different programs outside of school or until college. Um, and in high school, high school particularly, I was part of like this pre-law program. And um, it was like my first venture, like into. <laughs> it was really funny because it was in the city, and it was like, and it was like for people of color. Like I was just, it was a venture beyond the me. bubble. <laughs> Straight up, like I had to take a train to go. Like, Ooh. like yeah, like I had spicy. To get dropped off at the metro in the morning. Like wow, independent. <laughs> um, so, anyways, like that was a huge opener for me because I remember one of the first times I met people um, at that program, and like it was me and my like closest friend, who's still like my closest friend today. Um, we were like the only, yeah, we were like the only hijabis, kind of. Not kind of, we were the only hijabis. <laughs> <laughs> like, or like some Turpanistas, no, I'm just kidding. We were the only hijabis. And um, I remember like, as we were introducing ourselves, the first question that this guy asked me, um, we're having like a dinner, like introductory dinner. I'm like, yeah, my name's Aya. And, and then um, we're eating, and he's trying to be funny. And he's like, all right, Aya, so uh, who did 9-11? <laughs> oh my I was, god like, like, no. literally, so like how's had, the weather like this <laughs> yeah i was like great okay um let's get into this i'm just kidding no but like at that point i was so young and i was so little and i was like i don't in my head i was like what do we go <laughs> bush maybe oh my god. <laughs> like why do we go but the point is like it, i was so young and i remember i laughed it off at that point because that's what we have to do that's right we that's have like to we do, have yeah. to laugh it off because it's like what yeah. do you want to get into a confrontation right now it's like, like i don't know what do you yeah. think <laughs> to be honest this guy like didn't mean it that that way because like there was a lot of other things said throughout that program that I was like, okay, just head on. He just doesn't know. <laughs> like, I think he just needs like a little crash course. He doesn't know how to react. It's like his first time. Yeah, like he was trying to be funny and, um, but it's just, it's exhausting because you can never just, you can never be your own self. You always have to be like an entire population of people um, and you always have that weight on you. And it's, it's nice because it gives you kind of like a sense of purpose in certain spaces where like, you know, you, you feel a sense of responsibility that empowers you to do more, but at the same time, sometimes you just want to be your individual self. Like, sometimes I just want to be Aya. I just yeah. want, I want to be able to, like, say, I don't know. Um, and I think Muslims do have to learn to do that. It's just like, I don't know, like, refer to this person. You know, give expertise to those who are experts and... Um, yeah, hopefully it's like one day we'll be better associated with stuff, right? Like, hopefully in the future one day some, you know, hijabi will be at a program like that instead of being asked, you know, who did 9-11, they'll be like, oh, do you know Iftihaj? Like, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's still kind of like, okay, not supposed to ask that, but like, you know what, better than being asked about 9-11, right? Oh, yeah. And it's, it's like, it always comes down to that. It's, I think for us, it's usually, we get into those situations because we're outside of the norm, mm -hmm. right? We're not dating, we're not drinking, we're not doing all the usual stuff. And so this happened with me kind of as well, where I was in high school, I went for a college visit somewhere, we were doing dinner afterwards with like a bunch of the other, you know, high schoolers. Um, 
and somehow it got onto the topic of you know dating some people were talking about the boyfriends and girlfriends and it got onto the topic of like oh yeah i don't date and then they like it just became the topic of the night like oh wait you guys don't date like what's arranged marriage it's, it's like forced marriage and yeah like they just can't comprehend it's like guys I just want to eat some pizza. Because I'm from Houston, Texas. This is like one of my first times in Chicago. I was having deep dish for the first time. And I was like, why do I always end up talking about dating and like marriage? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just like, for them, it's just like, oh my God, let me ask more questions. It's like, no, no, just, just relax. I don't date. That's yeah. it. But it's kind of nice to know that that's, uh, because I think that's what's most like, you know, all these other big global issues are not, they're not relevant to people's lives. When it comes to dating, for example, it's something so real for people. Yeah. And, Honestly, like for me, for girls specifically, I've talked to you about this. Not talked to you about it, like they have deliberately asked me questions about specifically about Islam's like view on, and I, I can't say dating because obviously there are like cultural differences and everything, but just the view on like gender uh, interaction and they are fascinated and they're mm -hmm. honestly very impressed and respect it because for so many and I can't make a generalization, but for most of the girls that have asked me these questions, it was out of a place of like searching in the sense that like they have situations that they have not wanted do not want to be in um and so they're interested in these like alternative lifestyles that seem so foreign but like we often are able to present it in a way where it's like this is feasible this is feasible and it's, it's healthy all right so before we end off the podcast do you guys have any more stories you want to share with the audience yeah so i actually want to share probably the most this is like the hallmark of my life of being fetishized as a Muslim woman in the academic setting, in the setting of activism and whatnot. And basically, take us back to February 2017, the Muslim ban is like coming out basically. And we're we, uh, this was a time when we're all protesting in like the airport and stuff like that. And you know, people are, people are coming together in allyship for Muslims. It's like a great time, whatever. Well, it's not a great time, but it, there was, <laughs> I mean, there was, there was a, there was a, yeah, it was not at <laughs> No, no, it was it was a terrible time, but it was basically a time when you kind of felt a huge sense of solidarity, mm -hmm. and um, you know I, I felt that very strongly because at a lot of these protests um, at the airport and even onwards when we were protesting in downtown Chicago, uh, there were a lot. It was not like Muslim protests. There were majority of of you know the population of these protests were people like non-Muslims basically, right? And um, especially in the daytime when people are at work and stuff like that. I was uh, one of the only hijabis at a lot of these functions, mm -hmm. and um, I had my like sassy poster that said "We need to vet presidents, not refugees." Da -da -da. <laughs> it was super cool, whatever. Was pretty good. Yeah, it was. I'm proud mm -hmm. of it. <laughs> but um, basically, at each of these protests, I mean, the journalists were like, you know, going crazy trying to cover everything, and I was like the target of all the photography at all of these protests, a hundred percent at every single protest like there was a point where we were doing like a march um on like jackson street and i was in the front and i swear i'm wa i'm walking with my with my poster and they were straight up 10 like more than 10 like photojournalists just like snapping pictures and it was just so like i knew that i mean obviously this i guess this makes a good picture it's me and hijab being like empowered whatever mm -hmm. and um that continued at all the protests that i uh continue to attend, you know, during that month. And there's a point where somebody messages me and they're like, yo, uh, is this you? And they send me a link to a news article and it was my picture holding a, the, 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 the poster, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. And then I just like ignored it. 
And then I came back to it because people started tagging me on Facebook and stuff in this article. And I'm like, wait, this is the New York Times. This is actually, oh, wow. this is actually really interesting. <laughs> yeah, and it was... Do they even get your permission? Don't they have to use your... Oh, I'm guessing if it's like a public protest, they don't have to. Yeah, no, I mean, it was. there's a lot of people in the picture. Yeah. I was kind of like the center of, mm. of the picture. And it was really interesting because... I don't know. It, it was just like, and that was not the that was not the only like article that it ended up in. There was like all these different, at least five t- Chicago Tribune, mm-hmm. like Chicago Sun Times, whatever. Like all these different um, news platforms were like sharing that picture and also other other pictures from other protests. And um, it was just interesting to me because I was like, I know this is just, I guess this is this is just an interesting picture. You know, me being like an um, empowered Muslim woman, whatever. Uh, so obviously it's like good photo material and just for fun I uh, like would browse all the comments on the articles and like just look for like if people had anything to say about my poster and like my face whatever and there were people that were kind of like wow look at this kid sign like it's so stupid how huh? she thinks sign. whatever and yeah it was news websites it was, comments are some of the worst oh, places the worst. ever <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's honestly competing with like youtube yeah. comments because yeah. those are wa- pretty wild too but yeah that was just that, that was interesting because i mean a lot of people were like oh this is so cool that you ended up on this whatever um and uh even till now like because my parents you know when you accomplish you quote unquote accomplish anything uh your parents like send it out to all your overseas relatives yeah. <laughs> so like Literally, like, years later, they'd be like, oh, you were, like, a star on this forever. Yeah, and I'm like, there's actually, yeah, I'm like, actually, there's so much more behind that. But, like, okay, just because yeah. you're proud of me, I'll I'll go along with it, whatever. But, I don't know, it's, it's just, like, there's something to be said about, you know, as um, you, you as a Muslim woman, especially in a hijab, doing anything is, like, news, yeah. you know? And it's kind of like, this is... This sounds like support, but the reality is that you're just excited that I'm becoming more, like, what you think an empowered woman should look like you know but i can be empowered and not be pro- and, and not be protesting i can be empowered and i can be living at home all day mm-hmm. you know it like what does that say about your definition of empowerment you know so yeah. that was kind of like an interesting a very interesting experience um you know during that time and i'll like never i'll never forget that honestly i feel like the funniest but thing about those situations is um because often like that picture was from the muslim Band protests, right? Mm-hmm. And like, there was one too that made its way of me, like, and it kept circulating. And the funny thing about it was, even a year later, like, literally, very recently, the ar- they're still using the same picture, but for about different articles, for different articles, same on period. different topics. And often, that's actually an issue is like people will put like the wrong picture of a Muslim woman, uh, like it's happened before, you know, or like the wrong name, like. All right. Well, khair so much for coming on the podcast. It's been really amazing having you two. Um, you know, the conversations we had were really awesome, and I can't wait for everyone to hear them. Um, so you guys can always follow me at ZBHOI and the podcast at IMMTCast. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, so if you want, you can follow me at Damuskus, D-A-M-U-S-K-U-S underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and you guys can follow me at underscore A-Y-A-H-C underscore <laughs> underscore A-S-C underscore uh, uh, underscores over here <laughs> yeah yeah honestly I need to get more creative everybody has to steal our our actual title so we gotta add punctuation thanks guys um, <laughs> thanks well Jazakla care so much for coming on guys it's been a real pleasure and thank you guys for listening we'll hopefully have another episode in a few weeks peace